Hey friends, welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm happy that you can join me today in connecting with photographers and entrepreneurs as we discuss photography, business, and oh yeah, that sometimes messy thing that we call life. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Just visit photographersedit.com. All right, Boca Podcast listeners, thanks so much for joining us today for this episode. And this episode with my new friend, Emily from Emily Nicole Photos. Thank you so much, uh, Emily, for joining us today. I appreciate you making time for it. Yeah, no problem. Well, and we're going to get into a topic that we've, we've at least touched on here and there on the Boca Podcast in the past, but we're going to dive in even deeper today on the topic of business-to-business relationships and the significant role that those relationships uh, play in developing a photography business. We'll get there here in just a little bit, but I like to start our podcast episodes off with what I refer to now as the aha moment, Um, an experience or maybe series of experiences that you had as a photography business owner that maybe at the time made you a little bit uncomfortable, but ultimately kind of created a shift uh, in your business and helped you move forward. Can you share one of those experiences with us? Yes. So actually, my experience was sitting in a car with a friend of mine who works in marketing. And she was cold calling the Red Cross to try and do their print marketing. For me, I was blown away by just watching her sit there and make this call and suddenly be having a meeting with someone in the head of marketing at Red Cross. So what I really learned from that is that you don't have to sit there and wait for clients to find you. You can really go forward and you can connect yourself with people who could help you build your business. Oh, that's a really good reminder, actually. And especially for myself, I mean, if I were to categorize myself, I think I would say that I'm a bit of an introvert, or those are my tendencies anyway. And so this is actually a good reminder and encouragement for me as well. But I think for a lot of us, especially artist types, in many cases tend to be a bit introverted. And the idea of going after, proactively going after a client, and even just making an effort at conversation with a potential connection um, is not always the most appealing idea in our head, but that, that's actually a really, really great reminder. And I'm sure that you were able to take that and then kind of apply it to, actually, I'm curious, how did you apply that then once you saw that example from your friend, how did you apply that to your business? What did that look like? Actually, what it looked like was me researching uh, businesses that did the same thing that I wanted to do, okay. that worked in my niche, and calling them. Ah, that, and making those connections. Which is perfect. And that really ties into the conversation we're going to have a little bit later. Before we get to that, though, I, I, I like to, I'd like to get to know photographers in our industry and certainly want our, our listeners to get to know you a little bit as well. So tell us a little bit about you, where you're based, uh, what you like to do with some of your free time when you're, when you're not a photographer. We'll get into the photography side of things here in a little bit. But tell us about you. So I'm based in Vancouver, uh, B.C., so beautiful, beautiful place stuff around here. So I love walking around and sort of seeing the different areas, but mostly I'm a homebody. I'm an introvert too. So I live with my fiance and we're planning our wedding for next year and I hang out with my cat. Oh, beautiful. That's, about everything. <laughs> That's really exciting. When did you get engaged? Oh, last August. Oh, so you guys are just like chomping at the bit, ready to do this thing, right? Oh, last, last August. No, we're taking our time. <laughs> oh, are you? Okay, okay. So like last August, got it. Okay. So yeah. do you have, are you going to be getting married in that area? Because it really is stunning. I've spent a little bit of time there myself. Are you going to be getting married in the Vancouver area or are you going somewhere else? 
Yeah, we're getting married right downtown, actually, in an old heritage building. Oh, no way. That's really cool. Well, con- congratulations to you. Does your fiancé, is, is he involved at all in photography? No, he's not. Ah, okay. So this is interesting, too. And I, I always find it fascinating, uh, relationships in the photography industry, especially those photographers who have a partner, a fiance, boyfriend, girlfriend, um, romantic partner of some kind that they're not actually in the same industry together. And it creates, um, I don't know, it can create some tension at times that may not be the, the most positive, but then at other times, I think this is really good for relationships. It can create variety, right? You're not always doing the same thing together. You can come home at the end of the day or at the end of the week or whatever the situation might be. And it creates some interesting conversation where you actually have an opportunity to share something different than just what you did in your day. For sure. I mean, I'm definitely envious of those husband and wife teams. Uh, I think they have it made kind of. But at the same time, uh, it is nice to sort of come home and have different perspectives on the day and to sort of talk about the different things that we've been working on. That's really cool. Well, I, I'm, I'm curious. You talk, we were talking a little bit about free time and, of course, enjoying the surrounding scenery of the area that you live in, spending time with your fiancé and your cat as well. Um, how do you create free time for yourself? Because it's really easy as business owners to get carried away in the day-to-day busy work. Um, it's something that we're a huge proponent of here at the Boca Podcast and certainly Photographers Edit, encouraging photographers to create free time for yourself. How do you do that? Is there a particular approach, technique, tool, something that you use to, to make that free time for yourself? Uh, for me, actually, outsourcing some editing has been a huge reliever of of busy work, basically, in editing. Okay. So that's made a big difference for me in that I can take on more weddings every year without having to work about worry about the time that it's going to take to process it all. That's interesting. You know, and as much as much as we talk about the importance of creating freedom for ourselves, the other side of running an efficient business and, and doing so via, you know, delegating the editing work to somebody else or album design or accounting work or any of this that can be ultimately be busy work. Um, one of the major benefits there is not just getting to spend time with important people in life or, you know, even just getting to take a nap or watch Netflix, but it's getting to actually <laughs> spend time building our business. And in this case, more specifically shooting even more, which I think, I think is really fascinating. How long did it take you to, let's say, edit a wedding prior to outsourcing that? I'm a little bit different. Uh, I shoot a lot of small weddings. Okay. That's, that's more my niche. So I shoot a lot of like two to four hour weddings in a year. Okay. So it's not, it doesn't take forever, but it would take me a couple of weeks to sort of get through all the editing. And, uh, this way I have shorter sort of turnaround times and I can do like some preliminary edits and send out. So it's, it's cut a lot of time back. I wouldn't have free time at all if I was editing everything that I shot. Well, that's a, it's a great example for our listeners. And I know it can be kind of a, a nerve wracking thing to consider handing over editing to somebody else, but ultimately it does mean more freedom just in general, freedom and flexibility to enjoy the the life of an entrepreneur, what can be uh, the wonderful life of an entrepreneur. But but it also means, uh, as you so wonderfully exemplify, uh, an opportunity to continue to build business too. So this is really, really great. Now, I'm curious how you actually got started in photography. How, how long have you been a photographer? Uh, so I've actually been working as a photographer for about five years. And before that, I did photography school. And before that, I just dabbled uh, in high school and as a, as a kid. So it was sort of one of those things that it was a hobby. And I didn't really consider it for a career until I was already in university. And then I was like, hey, this is what I'm doing with most of my time. I should probably take it seriously. <laughs> so that kind of mental transition happened about five years ago or a little bit before that? Before that, about seven years ago. Okay. And then... 
after that, I went to photo school. So that was two years. And then for the five years after that, I've been building my own business. Interesting. Now, this is something we've talked about a number of times on the Boca podcast, this idea of education specifically in the realm of photography. And I'm curious, what kind of benefits did you see from actually going to school for photography? And did you feel like there were some things that that you wish they had spent more time covering? Definitely. Uh, I wish they'd spent more time covering business because you get out of school and you have these technical skills, but you don't necessarily have the the skill or even the know-how to start building a business. So I think it took me a bit longer uh, just in being like, well, I should be working, but not really having the client base or the expertise to sort of to build up a business yet. Interesting. Okay. So I'm curious, actually, if you don't mind throwing out just another kind of an aha moment when, when it comes specifically to the business side of things, I mean, you're, you're trained as a photographer, you know how to take a decent picture, but now you're going to start a business. Was there kind of a turning point on, on the business realm for you that kind of light bulbs came on and, and you were able to um, grow your business, maybe even significantly more as a result of some particular realization when it came to business, the business side of things? Uh, other than charging what you're worth. That's a big that's step, a really actually. Big one, yeah, that's is, huge. Uh, yeah, charging money, not doing things for free <laughs> for your portfolio. That's an important one for right, sure. Right. I think a lot of building a business, though, is just sticking with it and being like, no, this is what I am going to do instead of giving up because it's easy to give up. It's such a great point. And, yeah, you know, things, it's really interesting, actually. Even when I started my photography business, it's been about 16 or so years ago. Um, it wasn't particularly difficult to launch a business then, but it's gotten even easier since. And in a culture where everything is very, very easily accessible, largely due to technology, it might be easy to transfer that mentality to doing business. And we do have to remember that at times it it takes a little bit of extra work and some patience and, and putting the time in to, to make that business happen. But I, I love the point about charging what you're worth. And this is something that has come up before, certainly, and I'm sure we'll be covering more in the future. But, you know, there, there's a lot of conversation around trying to figure out how to charge what we're worth or charge for a particular service. And there are nuanced differences, certainly, in, in the conversation around that topic. But I think something that's a good reminder for, for everybody, and this is, I, I certainly made a mistake in this early on in my photography career, is look at the way that you're charging as a way to support yourself. I mean, at the end of the day, whether you're you're looking for a part-time income through your business or a full-time income, whether you have family to support, it's just you, uh, whatever the situation might be, consider what your day-to-day or really more week-to-week or month-to-month needs are financially, how to pay the bills, and then ideally have a little bit extra put in the bank and even a little bit more extra to, to use toward you know, maybe a vacation or two that year. And just do some really simple math in light of that very fact that, hey, you need to have a life. Um, we can we can analyze all day long whether or not wedding photography, you should charge this much for wedding photography in this market or that market. And there is some data to support some of those decisions. But at the end of the day, if you're running a business, you've got to make a living. And so there's some pretty logical ways that you can go about deciding how much you need to make. And that will help determine the business model. And then ultimately, of course, how much you need to charge for the weddings or the portrait sessions or both in order to meet those needs. Um, so this is a, this is another good reminder for all of our listeners. And, and uh, I, I kind of shy away in shame a little bit, thinking back to, to how haphazard I was in pricing myself early on. I think the first wedding that I shot was for $350. 
And I know I lost money on that wedding because we had to process the film. <laughs> um, oh, no. <laughs> but we all, we all learned that, many of us anyway, I certainly did. We learned the hard way and um, ultimately that, that changed for the better. But uh, this is a, always an interesting topic. And I think we need to take some of the mystery out of it and certainly charge what we're worth. And if we're going to be a professional photographer, very, very simple way, uh, simple formula is look at, look at the needs that need to be met financially and focus on a business model and a financial structure and a pricing structure that will ultimately support those. That's a great, great place to start. So I, you, right now it, on, your, on your website, you talk about being a family and wedding photographer, and I'm curious how you landed on that as your, your primary focus. So family and wedding photography are meaningful to me. Uh, you get to shoot people on the happiest day of their lives and surrounded by their loved ones. And it just really doesn't get any better than that for me. For sure. Uh, so it's lots of real moments. I'm a really candid shooter. So I like I like that with family and with weddings, there's so much that's just real and, uh, and that you can document for them that's meaningful for them later in their lives. And, and it actually mentions on, on your website that you're a romantic at heart. Where, where do you think that comes from ultimately? I don't know. I think that's just maybe a little bit at the core of, of who I am. Uh, I love love. I think it's beautiful. And I I just feel so privileged to be able to be there for people on the day that they get to marry someone that they love. Absolutely. There's a significant amount of emotion certainly at play there. And and I was just having this conversation the other day with uh, another photographer about the, the beauty of seeing just connection in general, not just between the bride and groom. Uh, but just between family as well, you know, to, to see the mother of the bride or the father of the bride or, or, or same thing, of course, for the groom um, or any family member, for that matter, stand up and make a toast to this person who they deeply love and, and are so happy for in this day that they get to to marry their favorite person. Um, it's a beautiful thing. And, and I've been in tears countless times <laughs> as I'm photographing, um, whether it's, you know, it's a ceremony or reception toast or um, whatever the case, it, it really is a beautiful opportunity that we have to be part of that very intimate day and a very beautiful day at that. Um, at, do you do you how many weddings do you shoot in a year right now, and how many family sessions roughly do you think you do in a year at this point? So I primarily shoot weddings. Uh, like I said, I shoot things a little bit differently. So I do a lot of small weddings. Yeah, uh, probably too many this year. I probably will end up around seventy. Wow. But so, you're, you're not quite as burnt out because you said they're t- about two to four hour weddings. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, nice and easy days. And I just do, I do one day wedding a day and, uh, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't burn me out in the same way because I don't have to do all that post. Yeah. Well, that's, and that's really interesting to consider. I know some of the most enjoyable weddings that I've experienced photographing have been those that are smaller wedding parties or shorter time frames or, um, I actually shot a wedding at one point in St. Lucia with just a couple. They they decided to elope and um, and just get out of the way of any kind of potential family drama. And so wow. there there we are in St. Lucia photographing this couple for about three days, two and a half days. And what an incredible opportunity because you didn't get to really focus on that. And at that point, I mean, it was an extended period of time, but especially the shorter weddings, as you're describing, you really get to focus on uh, a shorter amount of time, really capturing that couple, telling their story effectively, and 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 you really don't get burnt out through that process. A 10, 12, 14-hour wedding day, it kind of changes the dynamic as <laughs> as a photographer. Exactly. When you still have like three hours left and it's already nine o'clock at night and and you're you're gonna have to shoot dancing for another three hours. It's it's a whole different conversation. But that's interesting. Did you purposely go into wedding photography kind of 
with that business model in mind, focusing on the smaller, the shorter weddings? So that actually happened a little bit after my aha moment, okay. because when I realized that I was going to have to make some calls, I thought about who am I going to call and what is it that I want to achieve and who is it that I want to work with and who is my client. Hmm. And that's where I sort of realized that my favorite part of the wedding day was the family portraits and the couple's portraits and the ceremony and yeah. all the sort of intimate and sweet moments. Um, and that's sort of where I, I set on the fact that I wanted to do things a little bit differently. I wanted to do intimate weddings and elopements as my focus. So that's who I started to call. Now, th this is interesting because I, I didn't realize, especially in, in one particular area, that there would be such a large market for that many kind of shorter weddings, the elopements, the intimate weddings, as you're describing. Did you Do you find that, that couples are already planning on that short day and you're just photographing those events? Or are they seeing your work and see your price point and the packages that you offer for the shorter events and they kind of conform to what you offer? Is it a combination of both? Uh, I think it's more that people are planning for smaller days. Okay. Uh, Vancouver is an expensive city and weddings can be such a big event and a big kerfuffle about everything. So I think there's a lot of couples who are looking for a different way to get married, who want to do things a little bit more intimately and a little bit smaller. That makes sense. That's really interesting. And and I love the specificity in which you created this business model. When you, you talked about kind of sitting down and, and thinking about your ideal client, the market that you wanted to go after, was was that kind of the driving factors behind that and ultimately decision to go after these more intimate weddings? Was that driven by a particular goal that you had in mind for your business, like how much time you wanted to spend uh, photographing or some particular value that, that means a lot to you? What, what drove that decision? I think it was just my experience doing big weddings and seeing the difference when I was doing smaller weddings. Yeah. And for me, it was really a no-brainer. I mean, the couples were so engaged in the time during their, their photos because right. you're not doing photos for 10 hours, right? And, Absolutely. And you have more time with just the couple because there's not so much family and the family that they do bring, they're really, really close and it just makes it really easy. So I think just seeing the difference in the two types of days and when I realized that I was going to have to go for it and, and figure out what I wanted of my business, then that's when I yeah, focused in on, on those couples. I love it. I love it. I, I always have so much respect for business owners who have very proactively found and gone after a, a particular niche in their market. And this is a wonderful example of it. And, and kudos to you and congratulations to you for doing so well in it. Now, I'm, I'm curious to explore this topic of, of relationships and more specifically business to business relationships, because really at the end of the day, you know, growing photography business, especially like yours, it's about relationships, about connections. And certainly it's important to get referrals through our clients uh, or past clients. But ultimately, one of the most valuable relationships that we can establish are those relationships with other business owners, particularly those in the wedding industry. But what have you seen has been the most or the biggest benefit or I guess value of your relationships with other businesses for the sake of your, your photography business? I am so lucky to have so many amazing connections with great businesses. It's where a lot of my business comes from. Uh, so basically, the value for me is having that connection instead of waiting for my bride to find my website or find my Instagram. I put myself in the path of the bride that I want to work with 
by connecting with businesses that work with those clients. I love it. And, and this is, again, you're, you're, you're a very consistent uh, individual in, in the sense that your, your proactivity um, is exuding through your business model. I love it. It's very <laughs> impressive. And, and uh, I have a lot to learn from that, even myself. Oh, thank would you, you. Oh, no, absolutely. But would you say that, that the relationships that you build, are, are they specific to the wedding industry? Are, are you building relationships with those outside the wedding industry as well? And then are there particular, like, for example, if I think back to my uh, wedding photography business, there's a just a standout relationship that I've talked about a number of times before in the book of podcast with a local wedding coordinator that translated to thousands of dollars of business. And, and she was just wonderful, a wonderful connection to have. But is there a particular standout relationship that you have? Or is it just kind of a general effort at trying to connect with as many people as possible? So I actually have a couple of companies that I work with regularly uh, that have been great connections for me. One of them is a company that puts together small weddings Okay. For people who are coming in from abroad or for people who don't want to do all the planning, they get the venue, they get the commissioner, they get me, they get the florist, everything like that. Wow. Uh, so it's it's been really wonderful because those brides are sort of my, my ideal clients and I get to meet with them and sort of make sure that we're the right fit. And it's just been a wonderful partnership. Wow. And, and, and what a coincidence that you have a company that happens to be focusing on the same thing as, as you. You guys get to work together. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that was one of the ones where I was sort of searching online for companies that were doing similar things to me, and they didn't have a photographer included in their package. They didn't work with anyone. Wow. So that was one where I called them up, and I said, you don't have a photographer. (laughs) Would you like to see my work? Uh, This is the kind of wedding that I do. So when it takes that, that oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, that just became a beautiful, beautiful relationship for, for us. Well, and yet again, it takes that proactivity, which which you demonstrate so wonderfully. But then sometimes it's interesting, too, to be reminded of the simplicity and yet the beauty and the effectiveness of just simply asking. You notice something, you ask, and, and now you have this wonderful working relationship. So that's really, really cool. Now, what does is, what is the wedding industry there in Vancouver look like? I mean, are you guys a, a pretty close-knit community? Um, it's, I, I know down here, I say down here, I, I live in Tennessee and, and I shot weddings for about 10 years here and it was a, and still is a relatively traditional market, but, um, you go to networking events and, and the relationships there were in, in many cases kind of surface level, um, not necessarily always the most friendly or sharing or otherwise, but I'm curious what the scene looks like there in Vancouver. I think it's fairly similar. I, I'm a little bit different because as an introvert, uh, I spend most of my sort of extroverted energy on my sort of business efforts. So I don't sure. tend to do a lot of the, the networking events. Uh, I meet a lot of people in my network through like sometimes I'll second shoot for someone or I sometimes uh, contract a photographer out to do a small wedding that I can't do, that sort of thing. So that's where I've made a lot of my connections. And I think we do things like meet up for coffee and uh there's like little groups that go out and shoot uh, each other out on Granville Island or things like that. So there, I think there's a lot of smaller groups that are more closely knit. And then the big general group who shows up for the big conferences and the, you know, wedding awards and that sort of thing every year. But I think there are really tight knit groups within that community. That's interesting. So I, as you continue to talk about your introverted tendencies, I'm also reminded of mine. And, and I know that going to groups or events where there are groups of people, large groups in particular, that could just be kind of exhausting for me. 
Um, and I found that those individual connections were a lot easier to make. Um, and I certainly encourage an opportunity for a little bit less um, kind of surface level conversation. I, I like to, to go deep if I can. And I just find that more interesting and, and actually even more comfortable. Um, so you talk about those coffee meetings. I mean, that's a great opportunity to get to connect with an individual and maybe even has some advantages in that you can actually have, again, legitimate conversation. Or I say legitimate, but I guess a more intimate conversation, um, a, a more genuinely friendly conversation, something that's, that goes beyond here's my business card and this is what I do. And uh, For sure. so, so I think there's some some advantages to that that maybe more photographers need to kind of explore. And, and, and would you say that most of those most of your connections, I mean, besides those who you just like, for example, this business that you picked up the phone and called, would you say that your connections come largely as a result of kind of those individual meetings like that? Yeah, I think so. Uh, definitely when you meet someone one on one or when you meet them in a smaller group, it's a lot easier to connect. I find those big meetings as well pretty overwhelming and exhausting. So for sure. Not necessarily the right fit. That makes sense. That makes sense. So the, the individual meetings that you talk about, the, maybe the occasional uh, larger networking meeting, have you found other opportunities or ha have you created those opportunities to connect with other businesses? Are there ex other examples you can share with us? Uh, I think Facebook has actually been a really big one in connecting people. I'm in a couple of Facebook groups where it's referral sharing or networking with other other groups. So it really depends. I mean, I'm in a lot of them that are like females in business, sort of talking about our our different business uh, approaches and our yeah, sharing clients and that sort of thing. So that's been really good. That's interesting. For, me, for sure. And certainly not something that I got to do in, in kind of early 2000s uh, as a photographer. No. <laughs> um, but but I'm curious, though, does, do those connections, like, for example, I was part of a, a really large, what became a really large online photography forum back about 10 years ago. And ultimately, what we would do then is schedule local events. And this is a national photography forum, or really international, probably. Uh, but we would schedule various events where we could actually go meet in person, you know, so this person who um, was originally just an avatar and some text online became a real individual and we got to connect and really develop some extremely strong friendships that, that uh, last to this day, actually. Do you guys go from that digital forum to meeting in person as well, or does it kind of tend to stay in Facebook? I think you do definitely if you stick with a group and you uh, actually follow the events and that sort of thing, then yeah, there's definitely opportunities to meet. Uh, and I think a lot of us are also really fascinated by each other's work. And if there's an opportunity to second shoot or to come out and meet with them or shoot with them, then I think we're all for it. So, so that makes it's sense. Been a good way to sort of connect with other people that you really admire and respect. Sure, sure. And so you talked about other people's work. So these are, I'm, I'm assuming these are photography groups. Are you also part of any online uh, just wedding industry groups as well? Or is it primarily centered around photographers? My groups are definitely centered around photographers. Okay, uh, cool. I sort of lurk in some other groups that are wedding industry groups. <laughs> but, just to but be aware of the, the, the latest gossip or something like that? Yeah, well, you sort of, uh, there's ones where they're selling wedding gear, that sort of thing. So, okay. I find it helpful just to, even now, I mean, having actively photographed weddings for about five years, I just had the chance not long ago to, to go photograph a wedding with a good friend of mine um, in the Adirondacks. And uh, I, I realized it was kind of funny to look to, to kind of in hindsight, even just look at that wedding and realize how little things have changed as far as the actual experience of photographing a wedding order of events, what a client can be like, you know, how chaotic things can get. Technology hasn't even really changed a whole lot as far as what you use 
uh, at an event like that. Um, but I, what I find helpful now, just in trying to keep in touch with the industry, still involved in the industry myself and owning a business in the industry, I do find it helpful to to stay in touch with these these online forums that tend to really revolve around Facebook at this point. So I totally understand the the, the lurking and the the reading and the <laughs> scrolling and <laughs> maybe occasionally liking, but it, it really does help create awareness. And I think that's kind of an important note to, to make. You know, if there's Facebook really is great on, on multiple levels for helping us keep in tune with what might be going on in our industry and certainly in our local market. Uh, but if you guys aren't doing anything, you, our listeners, are not doing anything to um, to keep up to date and in tune with news related to technology that's specific to the photography industry. I actually follow a number of photography blogs just to kind of stay up to date with, hey, this is the latest thing that's coming out. Uh, it's good to stay on top of that. And occasionally there's some technology that comes out that might be really helpful that you can jump on and, and utilize for whatever business model you have set up. So awareness in that way is, is really, really important. And that's a good reminder. Now, I'm, I'm curious if, if you don't mind, just based on your experience, because you obviously are, as I've said multiple times now, proactive in nature and the way that you go after these these relationships. And so I'm curious if you wouldn't mind sharing with our listeners a few keys to developing these these strong relationships that you've found have been so beneficial to your business. Yeah, for sure. So first of all, uh, finding companies with common goals. So companies who want to work uh, doing what you would do or working with clients who you would deem to be your client. So for me, that's small weddings, but for somebody else, that might be finding companies that deliver babies or whatever it is that you're, you're into. <laughs> right. Companies uh, that deliver babies. I don't think I've ever heard it quite worded that way before. That's, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but if you're a newborn photographer, having a connecting network of midwives or gynecologists or doulas or that sort of thing, you know, same sort of principle. For sure. Uh, And then my second rule is to be prepared. So don't come in and meet with a company where you haven't made it easy for them to work with you. So what I've done is I've gone into meetings with uh, a list of price sheets. So like, here's what I was thinking in terms of packages that we could offer your client. Don't make them fill in all the blanks for you. And third of all is when you're working in connections with with uh, other businesses, share, share your images, give them credit on social media and sort of, yeah, let that relationship be two ways so that, you know, you're not just benefiting from their business. For sure. Yeah. Add value. And I'm, I'm, I'm actually taking notes as you're talking here. And that's that's the, the, the phrase that comes to mind, the importance of adding value. So I'd, I'd like to kind of go back and explore each of these just just a little bit, if you don't mind. Kind of of finding, course. Finding companies with, with common goals. This is really interesting. And it's actually something that I've been considering um, as, again, a, a photography business owner uh, or industry owner, rather. Uh, because even as an editing company, it's important that we have connections with companies, not, not only that do things that, that kind of um, tie hand in hand with with the service that we offer, uh, but it's also important to find companies that have common goals. And one great example of this is is a company that we work with called Kiss, Kiss Wedding Book or Kiss Books, an album company. In fact, I was just in Atlanta doing an open house with them and and a couple of other companies as well. But they're very much about the focus on uh, what what matters, quote, what matters. And of course, that looks different for different people. But so so much of that is about relationships and creating time for relationships. And this is something that their CEO, Sean Austin, has put a lot of priority on. It's something that truly resonates with me, something I've been speaking on for a long time. And of course, Photographer's Edit is ultimately about that. 
Um, so I think this is a really wonderful reminder that we find companies not only that are doing the same thing that we do service-wise, but even have similar values because it's much easier to work together with people of like mind um, and, and to do things together to, to grow our businesses simultaneously and, and, of course, helping each other through that uh, when you're of like mind and have common goals. So that's a, a really great reminder. When you, when you look for these companies that have similar services, have you found that at the same time they also have similar goals? Or do you find that sometimes those values misalign, but ultimately the similarity in service is what's most important? What is, what's your experience been? Uh, no, I think similarity in goals is, is the priority for me. I work with an officiant company that uh, do weddings, lots of small weddings especially, uh, differently, where their goal is to help couples get married in a way that is genuine to them. So really, it's about uh, ceremonies that can be as religious or not religious or as spiritual or as fun as you want it. And for me, that's the kind of uh, goal that I have is having couples that get married in a way that's genuine to the way that they want to get married. Not just simply following some template that our culture has, has created. Exactly. I love that. That's really, really cool. Okay, so that was the first one, finding companies with common goals. Um, be prepared. So I'm curious what this actually looks like for you. Like, let's say, for example, you go to sit down with one of these companies to meet with them. What is, can you kind of describe that scenario in a little bit of detail for us and and explain what this means? So basically I've set up a meeting with them uh, after calling them and sort of saying, look, I think we might be the right fit. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, Like a dating relationship almost. (laughs) Kind of. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, and then I go in to sit down with them, and I want to bring with me some materials. So I want to bring with me uh, some images so they can see uh, what it is that I'm doing. Maybe if it's a venue that I'm trying to connect with, I'll bring photos from their venue. Or if it's small weddings, I would bring some photos from small weddings. Um, yeah, and then I want to bring, like, prepared packages that I think would work for for their clients. And I just want to be prepared with, with different things that I've seen. Like, I've seen something on their website about what they offer how I can sort of be a part of that. For sure. Is, yeah, the priority for me. Just making yourself relevant. I mean, that, that's, you know, when I, when I think about, uh, actually, even this podcast, this is something that I was just talking with a, a group of um, people from our industry about this podcast, because this has been kind of a learning experience for me in conversation. And what I'm realizing more and more, I was just talking with my son about this um, a couple of days ago, is good conversation is about making connections, right? And it doesn't necessarily mean that, that you have done the exact same thing that that person has done, or you've had the exact same experience, but the ability to somehow make a connection or become relevant to the conversation at hand is really, really important. And the fact that you're, again, proactive in your effort to prepare for the conversation that's about to happen so that you are relevant to them uh, just makes it so much easier and more comfortable to connect with you. And uh, so this is a really wonderful example for our our listeners, and and I appreciate you sharing that. And then number three was um, sharing images with businesses. And this, you know, it's funny because this seems kind of like a a given, right? Photographers just should be doing this, but I don't know that everybody is, again, proactively doing so. Can you give us an idea of what that workflow looks like for you? Uh, For me, basically, I create a sub-gallery out of my gallery uh, of florists and cake and venue and all of those things and I get all of the contact information for the companies that provided it and I send those to them and thank them for working with me. 
which is a, a wonderful thing. Um, and uh, would you say that those gallery, are, are you creating those galleries in Lightroom or in, in some software image processing software? Are you creating them in some other way? Pixie set is the gallery service that I use. So that's a, a Pixie set gallery okay. that they would get. So then you just, and, and f forgive me because I'm not exactly familiar with how Pixie set works. Would you copy those images into a unique folder and just share those folder images with them? Or how does that work? Basically, yeah, it's, it's a gallery. So I would just upload the images into their gallery and uh, then they would be able to see them from there. Oh, that's perfect. Okay, so they actually get kind of a dedicated gallery then. Exactly. That's awesome. Well, and that just makes it easy for them. That's really, really wonderful. Well, this has been this has been a, an enlightening conversation, an encouraging conversation, and uh, there's been a load of good reminders in them. And I, I really appreciate you making time amidst your busy schedule. I mean, seventy weddings is just kind of a mind blowing concept to me. I shot <laughs> forty about forty in a year at at at, um, at its highest point, but. Um, I know you've got a lot going on. I appreciate you making time for myself and for our listeners. Can you share with our listeners where they can find you online, your, your website and social media and so forth? Uh, yeah. So I'm at emilynicolephotos.com and on Instagram, I'm emily underscore Nicole underscore photos. Perfect. That's great. And, and you guys make sure you go look at Emily's work online, give her a shout out, tell her thank you for making time for sharing with us today about the importance of, and then ultimately how to develop business to business relationships for our photography business. Thank you again so much, Emily, for making time for all of us today. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the Boca podcast today. Will you let us know what you think by leaving a review of the podcast in iTunes or maybe in the Apple podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast, maybe suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My direct email is nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Photographers Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Just visit photographersedit.com. <laughs>